Awesome. Well, in, uh, in honor of uh, Mother's Day, uh, I want to do a message today called The Gift of Family. And I want to ask uh, at the outset some interesting questions. I don't know if you've ever thought about these questions before. Uh, but uh, I want to ask you some questions going all the way back to the beginning in the first chapter of the Bible. Uh, God says this, well, we, we read this in Genesis 1, it says, so God created mankind in his own image. It says, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So why did God create males and females? That's my first question. Have you ever thought about, I've never really thought about that until this week. I'm like, God didn't have to create us male and female, but God chose to create us male and female. Why? Have you ever thought about that? And by the way, there are males and there are females, okay, just to be clear. You all with me on that one? Okay. All right. All right. Amen. All right. So that's the first question. Why did he do it? I'll, I'll answer that in a minute. Genesis 2.24 says this. Uh, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So why did God make marriage? Why does a male and a female come together and get married? Why did God give us that gift? Okay, and my third question is going to come from this verse in Genesis 1, 28. God blessed them after he created man, male and female, mankind, and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. So why did God give us children? Okay, so these are just some really interesting questions, just if you think about it. Uh, you know, this wasn't something that uh, God did uh, randomly. He did it on purpose, and I want to give you my answer to that. First of all, if you notice in Genesis 1.27, it says that we were made in God's image. Okay, we were made in God's image, and um, we, we are still learning what that means. There's a couple of things that I would like to highlight about that. One is that we are eternal beings, okay? So this is pretty amazing. We were made to live forever. Uh, we are a spirit, Right? We are spirit beings. God is a spirit. He made us in his image, in his nature. We are spirit, and yet we have a temporary body. This body will wear out, but our spirit, we do not wear out. We live forever. Okay? We are eternal beings. The Bible says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. We know that there's more to life than just this life, don't we? We have that awareness. We have that sense because these bodies do not define us. We are created as eternal beings, okay? The second thing about the image of God is we have the capacity, like our Father, to create. This is an amazing thing. Uh, I, love, uh, I love building and stuff like that, and so you can literally, I can literally sit down, I can think about a wall or a room or a, you know, a table I can think about it, I can begin to draw it out, and then I go and collect the materials, and I build it out of nowhere, out of here. And many of us have done that. I have a daughter who's super creative, and she can paint and design and do things like that. And yesterday she showed me something, and I was just like, that's amazing. And it just, it, it just came. She had the capacity or the ability to create something she had never seen before, 
but applying different things that she has been experienced to and created something. You have the ability to create. Isn't that amazing? Uh, just like our creator, our father, spoke into existence everything that we see, he has also given you the capacity to speak, and your words will create. And sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes it's not a good thing. But when we speak, our words have power, don't they? All right, the third capacity of the image of God that I think we have here, or that, uh, what it looks like, is that we also have a will, don't we? <laughs> and God has a will. He has a purpose, and we're created in our Father's image. And so we have a will as well. And the, the best thing you can do with your will is submit it to God's. Because when we submit our will to God, we really come alive. But to cre be created in the image of God, it means a whole lot more than just these three things. But these are three things that, that I see. And the image of God, even though we are tainted and twisted and distorted by sin, our world is, is under a uh, kind of a diminished cloud of sin, the Bible says. And someday that cloud's going to be ripped away. The, the effects of our sin in our world will be defeated and we will come fully alive. Creation itself, the Bible says, is moaning and groaning for the sons of God, the children of God, to finally be revealed that it might be liberated from this weight of sin, the distortedness of sin. The, the, you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? And you too, I, I am affected by sin. I am not everything that God made me to be right now that you see. There are parts of me that are not redeemed yet. There's parts of me not restored yet. Parts of my brain, my thinking, my behaviors, my attitudes, you know, things that I'm working on that are not fully restored yet because of sin. Sin has been, uh, you know, a pervasive thing in all of us, right? All right, we can agree on that. And yet, at the same time, listen to me, the image of God is still all over you. The character, the qualities of God are still there. Though they may be cloaked or diminished a little bit or dimmed down, we can still see them in one another. And my prayer and our prayer is that let the image of God just kind of come forth more fully in each and every one of us. Jesus calls this the light. He says, you are the light of the world. The light entered the darkness himself, and the darkness did not understand, did not understand him or, or fully accept him. But he said, but when you do, now you become the light of the world. And God wants you to be restored and redeemed and fully alive in him that the world might see your light shining. But they're really seeing him and his image in you. Isn't that awesome? And so we have these different roles that I want to I um, talk about. And then we're going to celebrate our mothers, okay? Um, so... So with that in mind, just think about this. Singers, actors, builders, teachers, inventors, writers, painters, philosophers, scientists, engineers, coaches, parents, children, all of us in all these different roles, we can see even when a person hasn't accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, we still see the image of God on them. I have been moved by what I would consider a secular artist at times because of the image of God on them and the talent that God deposited inside of them and, and the, the creativity in our world. Even though not every one of us is redeemed or have offered our talents to God, the image of God is still there. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, awesome. And so what is the image of God or the nature of God uh, as regards to those three questions I asked? Why male and female? Why marriage? And why kids? Why family? Okay, well, the Bible tells us why, but I want to get into three words 
uh, the first three words in the Bible, and instead of giving them to you in uh, Hebrew, I'm going to give you them in English phonetics, okay? So the first word is ba-ra-sheet. The next word is bara, and the next word is Elohim, okay? Now, this is how you would say it, barashit, bara, Elohim, first three words in the Bible, and in English, we would say, in the beginning, God created. Uh, you're like, whoa, whoa, that's way more than three words. I know, it's just weird, okay, it's language stuff. In the beginning, God created. Five words in English, these three words in Hebrew. Now, I want to show you something. We're not going to talk about this word right now. But I want to talk about these two words. Bara means he created. Okay, so this is a singular verb. It's very important. Singular verb. And then this word, Elohim, some of you may have seen that word before. It is the name of God. And it is in Hebrew, when you see an im, it's kind of like in, in uh, English, you have an s. It's plural, and it means kind of a, a weird way of translating it would be they, God, okay? And this is a plural noun. So we have a plural noun and a singular verb. This is the mystery of the Trinity. This is what theologians have tried to wrestle with for hundreds of years. How do how do we explain how God has revealed himself to us? And how he's revealed himself to us over and over in Scripture is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we just made up a word. This word isn't even in the Bible. We made a word up to try to figure out how to describe this mystery, and the word is Trinity. We don't know how to explain this, but we see what God is trying to communicate to us. He is a, somehow, he's one God with three personhoods, but a singular purpose. This is so awesome. This is something I want to I really stress to you. God in his very nature is a community. That's why I'm going with this. In his very nature, in his very image, he is a perfect community of a per, three personhoods with perfect unity and singular purpose, and you and I were made in his image, and somehow he wants us to experience his very nature of being a community. So he makes us male and female and calls us to get together because the male has certain images you know, of God, qualities of God. The female has certain qualities of God made in a par- partial image of God there too. We come together, and if marriage wasn't enough, God gave us children. <laughs> that wasn't a challenge enough. To be, and the Bible says that the purpose of our marriage is oneness. It's community, perfect community. Community means to live together in unity. Your marriage, the design of your marriage, the goal of your marriage, the created purpose for marriage was for you and I to experience oneness, to experience God's very nature of the plurality of personhood with singular purpose, not divided purpose, not two agendas, one agenda. So marriage, there's no more any he, she, mine, yours, his or hers. It's oneness. Anything in your marriage that's trying to divide you, anything that's trying to break you apart, 
or cause you to go different directions is working against the very purpose of your marriage. Uh, when you have a conflict, the whole point of conflict is to actually become more closer together, not define who's right and who's wrong. You can win an argument and you can lose, lose the whole point of your marriage because the whole point of your marriage is that the two shall become one. Perfect unity. And then God blesses us in marriage with children, and that completes the community threesome. The mom, the dad, and the children. And God wants you to experience oneness in your family. He wants you to experience him. This is his nature. That's why he made us this way. It's pretty, pretty phenomenal when you think about it. It's pretty amazing. Now, God, throughout the scriptures, which I don't have time to develop, but there are some verses in your notes you'll see Jesus and the Father and the Spirit working together. You remember the one verse that Jesus said, hey, guys, I'm not just saying stuff. I'm only saying what? What I hear the Father saying. And I only do what? What, what the Father tells me to do. Why? Because our purpose is one. The Father is, me, is in me. I'm in the Father. So will you be in me, and we will be one. And there will be unity, and there will be oneness, and there will be a plurality of, of personhoods, but a singular, focused, uh, unified purpose. So God is not schizophrenic. He never argues with himself. He is always completely unified, and he said, I'm going to create a creation to experience the beauty of this. And if, as, as if marriage wasn't challenging enough, or having kids wasn't challenging enough, God also gives us the challenge of a spiritual family right here, that we're supposed to be one. We're supposed to get along. We're supposed to sharpen each other. And uh, we don't always like each other, right? We don't always like our, our spouse, or we might not always like our kids. We love them, but we don't always like them. You hear what I'm saying? And so as a family, God wants us to learn how to be one. And I don't know about you, but uh, throughout my journey of marriage, and fatherhood, I cannot believe how much I have changed for the better, but I didn't like it. Did not like it because, honestly, I'm a lot less selfish than I used to be. But how many of you know becoming less selfish hurts? It's not fun. And to be more loving, I'm way more loving than I used to be. Uh, but it, it's not easy. Uh, to love. It's not, it's not what my flesh wants to do, but I'm so much better, and I know God so much better because I'm a father, and because I have had children, and because I've been married, and I've had to learn, wow, life isn't just about me. There's something bigger and higher that God's calling me to, and I couldn't experience that. I couldn't experience who God is without being a part of this experience of family. You hear what I'm saying? So this is a great gift that God has given us, the gift of family. So I want to talk about, um, uh, the, the, I guess let's go into our mothers, okay? Because I, I really want to celebrate our mothers today. And uh, one thing I do want to mention is as a spiritual family in our church, uh, we're really excited about what God is uh, calling us to do. And to summarize it, he's calling us to love each other better, to get better at loving each other. And I want to invite you, if you're a member of our church, I want to invite you and highlight a membership meeting we're going to have on June 2nd. It's a Sunday 
uh, at five o'clock. We're gonna have a membership meeting to roll out to you some ideas that God has given us that we are super excited about how we're gonna be better at loving each other and loving people who come to our church. And so really wanna, if you're a member, please come. Uh, make an effort to make it. June 2nd, it'll be in your bulletins and stuff. But God has blessed us with this spiritual family. It is, we are such a blessing to one another. We enrich each other. We encourage each other. We're there in the highs and the lows, and we're here to build each other up. And what a great gift family is. Natural families, spiritual families. And so let's, let's just be great at families. You know what I'm saying? And I hope that you have a great family day. But today, let's, let's celebrate um, the women that God has placed in our lives. And I've got three points I want to make here, okay? We are thankful for and celebrate, and by the way, I'm, I'm going to broaden this a little bit, not just to mothers, but to women, and especially mothers, but all, to all women, because the image of God, what is the image of God uh, on, a, on a woman versus a man? I, I, I wrote a couple thoughts down. I hope I don't get in trouble for any of this. But the male has his typical testosterone, right, strength, drive, passion, work ethic, uh, usually an analytical mind. The female, her typical estrogen, uh, she has a heart, she has mercy, compassion, uh, nurturing abilities, and this thing called discernment. Just, they just know, sixth sense, like, I just know something's not right, you know. Um, the male craves adventure, the female craves security. <laughs> the male thinks, the female feels. Um, and, uh, and not all of these, are, of course, are just exclusive to each type of sex, but there are specific things that God has put in the man, and there are specific things God has put in the woman. And these are to be embraced by us. So to, to be a woman of God or to be a man of God is to embrace the image of God that you are there to represent. And so as a man, we should represent strength and vision and passion and protection uh, for our families. That, we should embrace that, not shun that. And, and as women, we should embrace the nurturing uh, image that God has given us, just like I think Hal re, uh, read uh, that awesome scripture about the love of God. That is the image of God uh, in us. And so today, I just want to celebrate and be thankful for the love that God has given women, mothers, and grandmothers. And to kind of stress this point, can you imagine what life would be like if we were all men? Woo. No thank you. No thank you. I mean, I've been on trips with men, and men, we are hard on each other. It's like, we're like, there's no compassion, like, man up, let's go. Come on, put that finger back on, let's get going, you know. My fingers, you know, whatever. And there's like this, this uh, like tough guy, machoism, bravado. When guys are around, it's like, we're like tease each other if there's any kind of injury or anything like that. We laugh at each other. We're hard on each other. But I'm thankful, and I'm celebrating today the love that God has put, the mercy he's put in my mom and my grandmothers and, and the women around me. Are you thankful for that? The love and the care. I remember one time I was on a, uh, I was little, and my mom and dad weren't there, but we were up north at a cabin with an extended family. And I, I broke my arm on a mini bike accident. And I just remember throughout the weekend, uh, you know, some of my uncles were like, come on, man, don't cry. 
you know, suck it up, you know, you're fine, straighten that arm out, and they're just doing things like that, just, and I, I don't, it didn't scar me for life, so I'm okay, I'm okay, but I'm just, I just remember thinking about that, and it's not, you know, my mom and dad weren't there, but I know if my mom was there, you know, it would have been a different story, and so I got home, by the way, they didn't know it was broke, so we were there for, I think, two days maybe, right, so then, you know, I got home, and first thing my mom did when she found out, we're going to the hospital, you know. Well, of course, it was broke, and she was like, oh, no, it's broke, you know. And, uh, but the idea is your mom, women, you know, you care. <laughs> you, you have love. You'll get down to the bottom of it. You know, a lot of us guys, we just kind of brush things out, ah, whatever, come on, so, you know, let's just get going. But, but I'm thankful for that. That is a quality that God has given you. I remember being little, riding my bike. I used to fall off my bike or skateboarding or whatever, and always skinning my knee. How, how many of you skinned your knee before, and the little blood starts coming out? And then I'm, you're crying. It's stinging. You got a little road rash there. And what do you do? Mom! Go to mom, right? And what does mom do? She cleans it. Ah, no! Hurts, but then she puts a Band-Aid on it. And then it's like, even though it still hurts, once you get the Band-Aid on, there's like closure. <laughs> You know, okay, I'm good to go. It still hurts, but I got my cry. I got my hug. I got my comfort. Got my Band-Aid. All right, back at it, right? How many of you, how many Band-Aids have you guys used throughout your life, moms? Aren't you thankful? Even those phantom, phantom aches, you know, like, oh, let's just put a Band-Aid on it. And, you know, you put the Band-Aid, and they're, they're fine with it <laughs> after that, right? How many, how many Band-Aids have we used? But I'm just thankful for, for the sanity of moms and women who love us, pay attention to us, to soothe us, comfort us, to care for us. Listen, those are all wonderful qualities of God. That comes from God. And I want to remind you now that God loves you, and he cares for you, and he notices all of the stuff that you're going through. And he's with you, and he will comfort you, he will soothe you because that is who God is. That's who God is. So I'm thankful for that. Um, the second, second point I want to I mention here is I, that we are thankful today and we celebrate the unwavering belief that a mother has in her child. How do you know what I'm talking about? The unwavering optimism, belief, support in her children. Uh, a mother always believes in her children. She never, ever gives up on them. And though we all stray and sometimes we struggle and sometimes we make really bad choices or even for seasons of our life we can go in a, in a bad direction, you know that your mom is always praying for you, she loves you, and she's always believing that you can make a turnaround and it will work out for you, Right? Um, they're always proud of us. They always support us. And I just want to remind you, this quality came from God. This is part of the image of God. The Bible tells us God never gives up on us, that God always is looking for us to return to him. He's always pursuing us. He's always believing in us. If that sounds somewhat familiar, but not exactly, it's because I'm about ready to read this verse that says here in 1 Corinthians 13 about love, which we know God is love. It says, it always protects, God always protects, 
always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails, God never fails. He loves you. No matter where you are, no matter what's going on, no matter what you've done, God has never given up on you. He loves you. He made you to know him and to be with him forever. Just like our mothers. Our mothers never give up on us. That comes from God. That tenacity, that belief, that's, that's a God image that, ladies, you are bearing right now. So embrace it. That is God's heart in you for the rest of us. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, it says here in Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, while we were still astray, while we were still doing our own thing, Christ died for us. Not after we got our act together, but even in the midst of us doing our own thing. Our mothers and God, hey, listen, even at our worst, you always got two still with you, right? God and your mom. You always got two, always got two at least, backing you up. God and your mom. And I'm thankful for that, especially you soccer moms. All right. I remember being at a few games. Oh, man, I don't know, something about it. Somebody starts picking on your kid, and all of a sudden, something on the inside just like bubbles up like, I'm going to take that kid out. I'm going to jump on that field. She just kicked my daughter. Hold me back. You know? I'm like, what am I thinking? I'm going crazy here. I want to attack a child, you know. All right, anyway. But there's something inside of us that God has put inside of us as parents to protect our kids. We love them. We'll do anything for them. That's from God because God loves you and he has done anything and everything for you. Isn't that awesome? All right, the image of God is all over you. The image of God is all over you. Okay, the third and final point I want to make here is that we are thankful and celebrate the nurturing and the guidance of women and mothers and grandmothers in our lives. The nurturing and the guidance that they give us. And um, kind of preface this, in your bulletin, I, I have a challenge for you. You know I always have a challenge for you. Today's challenge, uh, there's a card in there, and it's, I think it says something like Mother's Day Memories or something. Can you get that out? And if you have something to write with, here's my challenge. I'm going to kind of go through um, the different stages of our lives that what mothers have done for us. As I do this, if you're anything like me, as I was doing this on my own, different memories started popping up about my mom or my grandmother, okay? And uh, what I'd like to do is just give you a, a challenge. As we go through this, if any memories pop up that, uh, that you have, to jot those down, and then today, to either, if you have your mom and you get a chance to see her face-to-face, -face, share some of those great memories with her of how, how meaningful what she did was for you. Or uh, phone call and let her know, or write a letter uh, to her, whatever fits your, your circumstances, you know. But jot these down, and let's just enjoy just the blessing of our mothers, okay? So as babies, <laughs> our mothers fed us since day one, and they spoon-fed us peas and squash and plums or whatever that stuff is in those little jars. And they remember, they cleaned all of our messes up. They changed our diapers. They warmed our bottles. They came to us at night if we couldn't sleep. They held us when we were sick. They comforted us when we were crying. They wiped our tears when we were sad. And they carried us 
everywhere. Big old arms. Now we got those, you know, car seats and their moms are carrying babies around all the time. And they told us we were beautiful, we were cute, we were funny, we were precious, and all the other things that women say. I, don't, I had a hard time doing this because I'm not a woman, but I've seen, seen some great models. As toddlers, our mothers played with us incessantly. Mom, 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 watch this, watch that. Mom, come here. Mom, let's play this. They cheered us as we crawled. They taught us how to walk. They watched children's videos with us, like Barney or VeggieTales or whatever you guys watch. They read books to us. They sang songs to us. They taught us the ABCs. They clothed us. They protected us. And they tucked us into bed. And if we couldn't sleep, they let us crawl into bed with them. And among other things, many other things. Elementary school years, our mothers made our lunches, filled our backpacks, took us to school or put us on the bus. They organized play dates with our friends. They threw special birthday parties for us. Remember that? Always getting all your junior high kids together and doing something special. Taught us how to read, taught us how to tie our shoes, how to brush our teeth, how to clean our ears, uh, how to take a shower. Um, they played endless board games and card games, and they took us everywhere to our soccer games or baseball games or basketball games or whatever sport or activities we were involved with. A lot of carting around. In middle school and high school, our mothers guided us through the chaos of friendships, the drama of school. They helped us understand our hormones, our body changes. They taught us about forgiveness, about responsibility, uh, about character. Uh, they continued to come to all of our events and activities. They allowed our friends to spend the night and bought us pizza and ice cream. Yeah. They paid a lot of money for us to do all the teenager activities that we did. They helped us with our homework. They taught us how to clean the house, maybe, or your room, maybe at least. Maybe do the dishes a little bit. A little gardening, maybe, or cooking, or how to do the dishes. They listened to us patiently as we navigated growing up and becoming independent thinkers. And they gave us advice when we needed it, even though we didn't really want it. College years and adulthood. Our mothers kept family traditions for the holidays that we began to notice and appreciate a lot more. We listen, they listened to us as we tried to sort out the direction of our lives and making some pretty big decisions. They still, still did some of our laundries, that one video showed. <laughs> uh, they made our favorite meals when we were home. They supported us as we found our own special someone to marry and welcomed them into the family as their own. They helped us as we had babies. Some of them came over and spent days, maybe a week with us to get adjusted to that. They babysat our kids to give us a break or a date night out. And they still gave us Christmas presents, birthday money, and candy at Easter, even though we're in our 20s or 30s or 40s. And they're always available for advice and guidance on life. And into adulthood, 
Our mothers continue to pray for us. They invest themselves into our children as grandparents. They repeat the cycle of coming to all of our grandkids' activities as much as they can. And they build and they begin to pass on the family traditions to us. Maybe they let us do the turkey that year or teach us one of their special recipes or involve us a little bit more in some of those things. And they continue to love us, support us, believe in us, and tell us how proud they are of us. So let's, th- let's uh, celebrate and be thankful today for the gift of family, uh, for the uniqueness of God's image that he's placed inside of our mothers and all women. Uh, because I believe as, as, uh, as a, a woman uh, becomes a mother, I believe that there's a, a grace from God that's endowed upon you to do all of those things that your children need from you. And the other thing I really believe very strongly is God has given you those children as a gift, and you are the person. You are the mom for them. You have everything you need, even though it doesn't feel like it, even though you, you may make mistakes and stuff like that. That's okay. God's bigger than our mistakes. But you are, you are the mother that God has placed that child under because, uh, because he has put in you the grace of God that you need to be what that child needs. So I celebrate you. I celebrate mothers and grandmothers. I celebrate women today. And uh, especially for those of you who are also, as uh, Kelly was reminding us, uh, maybe you're a spiritual mother, maybe you're a, a mentor mother, and, and others look up to you too. Um, and that is a grace that God has given us, and we need that. I think about uh, the different ages. There's a little, I saw a little Thomas. Where's Thomas at? Is he back in the nursery? He's in the nursery today because he was really, he was really awake this morning. He was like talking and he's only a couple months old. Um, maybe you're in elementary school like my son Eli uh, or in middle school or high school. Uh, still got some kids there. Austin, are you in middle school? Yeah, and your sister's in high school? Yeah. Uh, maybe you're in college like my daughter Remington or my son Peyton's about to be. Maybe you're engaged to be married like uh, someone in our church, Gabriel Winslick is, or maybe a, newly married, uh, a newlywed like Caleb Strait, our youth pastor and worship leader, or uh, maybe um, you're a little bit older in life and uh, you've got some responsibilities and you're a little bit more seasoned. But today, whatever age you are, um, today I just want you to celebrate that when you, when you see women, you are seeing a part of who God is. And when you see that love and you experience that nurture and that care, and when you, when you have someone in your life, a woman who believes in you, whether it's your mom or grandmother or even a sister or a mentor, um, I just want to remind you uh, that that's from God. That's awesome. That's a part of who God is. And we need all of that. We need all of that to be able to make it through life in the difficulties that we face. So to the women, I just, I just want to challenge you, embrace your role and, and smudge those things off of people's faces and give those lectures and show them how to do things and cheer them on and be over the top. That's okay because uh, that's a part of the passion that God has put inside of you, and we, and we all need that. We need that. So I'm celebrating, celebrating the gift of family today uh, with you.
Um, and, and I want to uh, close with this thought, okay? Ephesians chapter 6 uh, is going to be our, our passage to meditate on and memorize this week. And it says this, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. There's three things in this verse that are pretty important. First of all, why do we obey our parents? Because it's right. So whether we're young, uh, like Eli, or whether we're older, like myself, we still are called of God to honor our mother and our father because it's right. It is the right thing to do. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, it says this is the first promise uh, that God gives, or a first command that God gives that comes with a promise from God. And there's two things in that promise. You'll see it. So that it will go well with you, and you will have a long life. You'll enjoy a long life on the earth. This is pretty amazing. If you are a person who will honor God and honor your mother and your father, the Bible says it will go well with you, and you will enjoy a long life. This is how important it is to God that we develop community, that we do not rebel against our parents or our family, but that we come together, work out our differences, work out our conflicts, and honor one another. Now, honoring uh, your mother and father is more than just obeying them. Like when we're teenagers or we're young, you know, it's do this and we do that, and that's certainly a part of this process. But as we get older, they're not telling us what to do as much, right? And so it's more than just obeying. To honor, uh, in, my, in my view, is to uh, show respect, to show the worth of that relationship, uh, and to appreciate one another. And so to honor our parents is to show that respect, that appreciation, and the value that we place on that relationship. So today, as a takeaway, that's why I'm giving you that challenge to take that card or take some of your thoughts and your memories and honor your mother today if she's here on the earth, if she's still here, to call her, write her, or if you get a chance to see her, say, hey, mom, here's some thoughts that came to me today during the mess or whatever. I just want to share with you that that was really impactful to me. That really helped me. That really encouraged me. You were there for me in that moment. And can you honor her? Uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that that would be the best Mother's Day gift that she could receive is that she knows she had an impact on you as a, as a mother. Amen? I'm going to ask Keith and Cindy Harrison to come uh, up here for a minute. Where's that microphone? Can we use that microphone? And, um, and they're going to pray for, for us this morning, pray for our moms, and, uh, and also just kind of lead us in a time of, of uh, ministry. Okay? Thank you. This morning as I was getting ready, um, <clears throat> with today being Mother's Day, um, and I knew what, you know, we were going to talk about moms and everything here today, but not everything has been rosy. Some moms have, that are sitting right in here, have lost babies. Um, maybe you've lost your mom, 
And today just doesn't feel like it's that special day. But God wants to heal your heart. So um, I would just like us all to stand. And if that's you, if you've got a broken place in your heart where you want God to touch that broken place, you just slip your hand up, please. Okay, if just people around would gather around those folks. Lay your hand on them. God wants to heal your heart. We're not putting a Band-Aid on your heart. God wants to heal your heart. He had a purpose. He had a moment. He needed your mom. He needed your baby. We don't understand these things because they're foreign to us. But God knows. Hey, just agree with me in prayer. Father God, we as your children, we don't understand all of your ways. But Father God, we thank you right now for the mothers that you've taken home that are with you right now experiencing such joy and such peace. Father God, we thank you for the children that you took home. It's difficult on this earth to let go in our flesh. But Father God, we thank you that you are the almighty healer and you are bringing healing right now into our hearts. Father God, we thank you for our mothers that are with you right now, experiencing your presence. Father God, we thank you for our children that you took home to be with you. You are the perfect father and the perfect mother. All those qualities are in you. We thank you that you are the perfect parent to those children that you've taken to be with you now. Father God, we thank you that we can look forward to our time of celebrating in heaven once again with our family, with those that are already there experiencing what we look forward to. Heal the hearts today, Father. Touch them, bring reassurance, bring peace, bring joy where joy may have been robbed. Bring joy now into the hearts of these women. Father God, we thank you that you are the Almighty. You are the Great One. You are the one that knows it all. And Father God, we do lift all mothers to you right now. Yes. Here, walking it out. Father God, we ask you to give us strength, give us discernment, give us understanding and compassion. Lord, most of all, give us your wisdom in raising our children and encouraging our children. We thank you for the blessings that you've put upon us, and may we accept those as a part of you living within us to bring life into this world. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.
Let's uh, continue to stay standing. We're going to do a final song of worship, and then I'll come and close our service out. Um, and uh, let's just let's give this time to God, and let's just worship Him this morning. And I will call upon your name. 